Doc Lazen here, the podcasting beast from the East with the Professor John Gotti, the King of RNG, the Troll Master, the Data Analyzer, and then yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Conqueror, Professor Omega, the Cleaner. How you doing there, sir? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good, man. I am the wise man of the radio, defending undisputed podcasting champion, the tribal beast, the head of the table, Los Tranquilo himself, the Pied Piper of podcasting, the sanitizer, Doc Lisner. What's going on, man? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Well, sometimes you just got to wear the colors. Yeah, you're doing a great job, too. <laughs> Dang, good job. Dang, good job. What a beast. What a beast. Um, but yeah, I'm technically wearing blue, too, but I mean, not that peacock blue that you have on. Shout out to you. Um, but we had some coaching news. Um, jumping right into it. Uh, seems as though Jim Harbaugh has walked out of Minnesota with no deal. He's already slated to go back to Michigan. I think all the hype has died down in Minnesota. As It, it seems as though they expect to hire Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell for their vacancy. Yeah, I, I feel really bad for him, though, because, like, all the fanfare for Harbaugh, and then mm-hmm. he just, he's like, I kind of don't want to leave college, which, which we kind of, said sure sure when, we did. when they first we started did. to do those rumors about a month ago mm-hmm. uh, we were both like i don't think he should leave like he's he doing something yeah. great like yes yeah, some coordinators absolutely you know they can you know they would deserve a chance but i don't think harbor wants to leave you yeah i agree i thought and it would have been a bad and now, idea and now you know essentially the vikings are getting their silver medal and you know for me like i feel i'll feel a certain type of way heading into a job like it'll make me want to work harder, but like at the same time, like agreed. I can agree. He kind of settled um, for me. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. I think um it it, it would have been weird. I mean, you took the team, you know, almost to the national freaking championship game. Yeah, one game away from and, the national championship. Yeah, game. and then you just decide to leave. It would have been kind of weird. Um, but I'm glad he's staying. Um and Kevin O'Connell, I mean, what he's done with the Rams, um, I mean, I, I can't say that he's not a bad choice. And we're going to talk about, obviously, the Brian Flores situation. But I can't say that I'm not, you know, surprised that someone of his st- stature would get the nod. And the Vikings have a similar core piece that, they're, you know, similar to the Rams. Uh, I think if I'm looking at the Rams and the Vikings, that's a really, really good match for him. Kirk Cousins, Matthew Stafford one of the same uh one in the same in my opinion one in the same that's an interesting um, take justin jefferson o- obj or uh justin jefferson and woods one in the same justin jefferson actually has a little more upside because he's younger uh but what i mean obviously cooper cup is an upgrade over adam Thielen, but it's not by very much i think in that system Adam Thielen has just as much productivity as Cooper <laughs> Cup. Uh, yes, I said it. That is I meant interesting. to. And I'll go on to say that I think that 
he would be more successful if he runs the same offense with the Vikings because they have Dalvin Cook, where the Rams struggle to have a, a running offense. So um, it's going to be interesting to say the least. Surprise! You didn't compare anyone to Vance Jefferson. Um, well, I don't know all the Vikings receivers um you know i i don't know you know what i'm saying like i, I there might be another guy in minnesota that's just like man or hey maybe o'connell steals man with him <laughs> you know what i'm saying because you know somebody's gonna have to go obj staying around wood staying around cup staying around so maybe maybe jefferson's around for another year or two and then he's out the door uh who knows maybe the vikings draft the next van jefferson you know um but I think it's going to be an interesting case for him with Minnesota. I kind of like that um, that pairing. Uh, see, that makes sense. This one yeah. makes sense. All the other ones are kind of weird. Sense. All the other jobs are kind of weird. I'm glad the Jacksonville job's still open. I'm glad the Texans job is still open, which we'll get to momentarily. Uh, the only other piece of news was that uh, the Detroit Lions general manager, Brad Holmes, said they are never scared to move around in the draft and they may be interested in trading out of the number two pick, um, which you really have to, you really have to sit there and say to yourself, like, you know, do we want to draft somebody this high? Yes. You know, do we believe in, you know, Jared Goff? Um, you know, do we, do we decide to stick with this? I mean, that's a, a major valid question. I mean, uh, do we decide I'll, I'll to say this then and I'll stand on this hill. He's better than Carson Wentz. I mean, that's that's a that's that's not a bad hill to stand on. That's not a bad hill to stand on. Um, I think initially when when the trade was made, you know, golf or Stafford, you know, obviously some people shook their head, you know, like, hey, is this a good deal? Obviously, hindsight now. Not saying that Matthew Stafford is the reason why the Rams went to the Super Bowl, because obviously Jared Goff did the same thing. Um, but the question is, can Matthew Stafford win it? <laughs> That's I mean, the major I mean, question. Some might even say that the reason why the Rams made it to Super Bowl was more from Ty Gurley. Ooh, that's a good that's a good take. I mean, but not necessarily because they don't run the ball well. So I don't I don't know if I can accept that. Around uh, then, I, yeah, they they ran the ball a little bit better. I'm talking about now. They don't. They, oh, don't, they yeah, don't run now, the ball. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. If they ran the ball better now, then I would say, oh, it's definitely Todd Gurley. But um, right now, I just think they're they're grooving, man. Like they have a, a good defense. They got a great offense. Um, they're they're really grooving right now. I'll, I'll give them a lot of credit. There, there. There's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of moving and shaking. Um, and yeah, I'll, I'll I'll say that they are they're grooving at the right time is what we'll say. Yes. Um, but ultimately, I think it'll come down to, I think in regards to this particular pairing, Jared Goff, you know, I don't think he's going to command a lot of money. Uh, so if I'm the Lions, I might commit to him for one more year, um, you know, and, and try to build around him and see what he can do. He he led them to some he, really good games. He led them to literally one of the best now winning teams in NFL history. Like you said that several times. Like they had so many it was a lot of heartbreaking games. Like it's not like they mm -hmm. sat there and got destroyed. You know, right. there's a couple of games that got destroyed at, but it wasn't like 
a big majority of them. I mean, when you think of like Lions teams in the past, mm-hmm. you know, many people would take that game as a second bye week. This season, this past season, regular season, that is, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was a lot more tougher to get that dub against those Detroit Lions. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And they, they have some pieces that they need to work around, so we'll see from there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, all, all um, they really need is a you know solid draft. I don't know what their draft situation is currently as far as how many yeah. picks they have upcoming, but you know, we'll see. if they can run around know, the yeah. draft, I mean, anything can happen. Very true. Um, like I said, I'm interested to see what happens. I think um, it's going to be interesting for the Lions, but it's good to see that the GM isn't scared to move around, even if he has to move up to the number one spot, which I doubt they do. Um, I think the two pass rushers, most likely, that's going to go one and two. Um, I believe it's Michigan, and I want to say Georgia or Texas A&M, one of, the, one of those big schools. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have two two solid pass rushers that are going to probably go one and two, um, and, and we'll have to wait and see what happens yeah, from this, there. This, but, may, this may end up being a defensive-heavy draft. And, and for teams like the Bucks, that's completely all right. <laughs> um, so before we segue, I mean, I, which I think this is the perfect segue article, um, the – Houston Texans are now down to three finalists for their head coaching positions. And I'm going to read the names and you just let me know um, right off the bat, you know, how controversy this is already is. And it's, it has a, a chance to be a dumpster fire of a hiring or a dumpster fire of a media storm here. We have the aforementioned Josh McCown weeks ago. We mentioned Josh McCown being in his second interview in two years or second interview in, I guess, two head coaching stints. So uh, and, and the, the thing about him, and I don't know if you knew this or not, I believe they originally was going to hire him, but he decided he, yes, hmm. but he decided he wanted to step away because he wanted to do stuff with his kids. I know. Oh, I know. Boy. Oh boy. I wouldn't want to take that job last year either. <laughs> I, actually think they might end up going with Josh McCown. Like they there we go. The, the fact that the fact that they went back to him again. No, I get it. I get what you're saying. So you got Josh McCown, then there's a, a gentleman named Jonathan Gannon. Mm-hmm. Um who I don't know who Jonathan Gannon is. I'm not gonna He's lie the defensive to you. coordinator for the Eagles. Yeah, and I the, the Eagles' defense wasn't terrible. It's just that their offense wasn't that good. <laughs> I, no, this is a no for me, dog. Lastly, we have Brian Flores, um, who obviously fits the bill for what the Texans need at this very moment. Because the Texans used to be a tough team. Um, and right now, they're just not playing tough anymore. Um, but now you have this situation, right? This is well, where the, the media storm the comes in. The definition of inconsistency. In Very true. But, I mean, that also comes with handing the keys over to the wrong person. Sure. And then giving him. Let's go with and that. Then, and, and then not only handing him keys to the, you know, to the, to the front door, but then you say, well, hey, you know what? You're going to get a key to the upstairs room, too. Okay, good. I was glad that you wasn't going in a different direction with that. <laughs> no, 
no, no, no. I, I, yeah, it's like he just he just gave away too much. I mean, I just thought that this is, it was this one is of them a, situations. This is a family show, folks. <laughs> no, 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 no. Call the locksmith. Um, no, no, no. Ooh, we're good. not doing. You know what? That that was like <laughs> conduct penalty from earlier this morning that has been revoked. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, looking at the situation, obviously with Brian Flores, we finally got a statement from the Dolphins owner Stephen Ross, mm-hmm. uh, stating that the allegations made were. I mean, obviously he's going to uh-huh. call them a lie, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> right? Of course, he has to say. That. <laughs> he said these baseless, unfair, and disparaging claims are, you know deformative they're he's like i'm a guy with high honor and integrity and cannot let them stand without responding of course he takes great personal exception to these malicious attacks and you know he he says that they're false malicious and again deformatory um again there's got to be some receipts if there hasn't been confirmation of witnesses mm-hmm. of that conversation. Right. So it's a very PC and uh, PC response. Yes. Very <laughs> like, you know, Ross. dang, like, you know, dang, well, I didn't do this. Like if he would have came out and say, I did not do this, you know, here's the, the messages, you know, like this guy came out with messages. He came out with, you know, yeah, practically, again, you know, this is everything. What we talked about. He came out with receipts. He right. showed the receipts already. He's like, mm-hmm. I got nothing to hide. By all means, try to try to you know paint my character in negative light. This was as close to a come on, Sammy, shoot me. You know, media what? moment. I was gonna go there, yes. but I felt like we probably shouldn't use shoot no. in this no. entire it's segment. Fine. <laughs> it's, well, technically, this is this technically is a shoot on the dolphins. No, this is a this is. It's not Ooh. a work. Ooh. It's yeah, definitely, no, not it's a work. definitely not a work. Definitely <laughs> not a work. Not a work. Yeah, this is a, a shoot on the Dolphins owner. Oh, like, you, you like this is it. The shoot part for those that don't. Well, I mean, a shoot. I mean, yeah, I think they'd be able to know, but a shoot basically pretty much is when. I mean, honestly, it's when you're just telling a story. From from my experience, you're just telling a story. We obviously usually hear this in wrestling terminology, when someone is telling a story or telling the behind the scenes or behind the curtain look behind the i guess behind the curtain um a behind the curtain look at what really happens you know in professional wrestling uh, but this is a situation okay. where would, would you say that that they'd be unraveling the dare i say dark side of the ring oh yikes johnny what that was oh my gosh what that was awesome not dark side of the ring. That was awesome. Come on. I'll give you credit, I guess. Okay. Jeez, it's hard out here in these streets. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. But, I mean, this is a great opportunity for, you know, Brian Flores to give a shoot. And then you have people like Hugh Jackson, you know, jumping in. I'm sure um, some of the other coaches that have been around for years. Uh, I mean, and I would, I would say the Pep Hamiltons, the – um, oh God, what's his name from 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 Tampa right now? Um, not Brian the two coordinator. No, 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 no. Um, Godwin, Harold Godwin, who mm-hmm. is, I mean, dominating, you know, as a coordinator. He was there at the same time that 
you know, obviously Tony Dungy was there. It was him. It was uh, Jim Caldwell. And then Pat Hamilton. I think Pat Hamilton was sprinkled in there. So all these guys, like, dominated the league at a certain time offensively. And I know Jim Caldwell gets opportunities. But, again, transitional I mean, coach and, so far and we kind of talked about that a long time ago mm-hmm. about when he got fired and like why that wasn't the most it's almost eerily similar to uh very Flores situation now that we have some sense of hindsight which is kind of ridiculous yeah. but, um, when, you, but when you think name, about it now one uh-huh. name that would be interesting to hear if he decides to step up and talk about this and this is a name that has been thrown around the bin for the past two seasons doc uh-oh don't you dare say it. Eric Bieniemy. Uh oh, well, okay. I thought she I thought Wait, she was gonna you? go Marvin Lewis. I thought she was going Marvin Lewis. I was like, no. oh my God, he better not say Marvin Lewis. Because I mean, as, as much grief as I give Marvin Lewis, you know, I I guess from this experience I have a deeper respect for him. Like mm-hmm. I love Mike Tomlin. I mean, I just think he's you know, he's the embodiment of a, a, a regular coach, you know what I'm saying? Like, and I think that's what people have to realize. Like, yes, they're white coaches, they're black coaches. I don't know if there are any Hispanic coaches or anything like that, uh, but more diversity in coaching, in G, you know, ownership and yeah. leadership, I think is, is important. Um, and Mike Tomlin being on the Hill for 10 plus years, you know, like I said, Hugh Jackson was good. I just don't think Cleveland was a great opportunity. Jim Caldwell has been great. Obviously he's the only guy that could freaking have a successful season in Detroit probably within the last 10 years. Um, You know, what he did in Indianapolis was great. What Todd Bowles was able to do in New York, the New York Jets, (laughs) <laughs> franchise was great. Well, you know the last time the Lions had a winning season, right? It was with Jim Caldwell at the helm. Jim Caldwell. Was, was it 2003? I thought it was like... I think it was like 2003. Was 2003, are you sure? It, it's 2003. It's been a while. Let's just say that. It's been a while. <laughs> so I thought it was I thought it was pretty recent. I thought he was the coach prior to... Um, I think back. you might be right. Yeah, yeah. He was the coach prior to 2014, 2017. It just, it just shows how long it's been. That, it that's seems that's like what I'm trying time. to state. <laughs> and, I, and I said that he's the only coach right now, from my knowledge, um, that's actually that actually would have a winning record going into a new job. Yes, it was um, a 2017. Yeah, and the fact that he got fired for, you know, uh, an assistant from New England, you know, who took the took the job and then pretty much took it downhill from there. And now they're turning it over to, they turned it over to who I think is a, a good coach. I, I think who, who the Lions have now is good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but, you know, Dan Campbell was a great player. And obviously he brings that, you know, that player mentality. Mm-hmm. He, but, he, he, he inspires people to, in his words, yeah. not mine, Go out there and break kneecaps. Sure, um, sure. We'll go. We'll go with that. That's fine. We can no, that. he has literally said that. Word no, I believe it too. Okay. And I watched the. I watched the. You know, building the building the franchise or whatever it was called in the in the Lions Den or whatever the show was called, where he went to the Ford plant and he was talking about teamwork and you know all this stuff and it's really exciting. It's just it just didn't translate to the field. Now, what Jim Caldwell did 
you know, which is the same thing that Tony Dungy did, which is the same thing that, you know, um, which is insane I, now thinking about the whole Tony, Tony Dungy deal too with Tampa. Yeah. And that, that tree was amazing. I mean, Tony Dungy's tree is amazing, but the fact that Tony, all he needed was probably one more year and he would have got the Super Bowl in Tampa. I mean, granted, you know, there would have been no spider to why banana, you know, in, in Tampa, but, you know, looking back on it, John didn't really have any long-term success. Nope. So, I mean, did it really matter at the end of the day? You know, then you bring in several other coaches to try and find that balance. And until recently when we got, you know, Bruce Arians, it really was no balance. I just had a crazy time paradox moment, Doc. As far as like a coach who did so well with the team and then suddenly they switched it over with someone else, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson. And he never got another opportunity. Nope. Never got another opportunity. Um, you know, Mark Jackson, you know, led the team up to the point where, you know, they were in the playoffs. You know, they were getting bounced, I think, in the, you know, the first round, maybe making it to the second round once. And then Steve Kerr comes in, you know, a little sprinkles, a little Chicago magic, you know, a little, little Bulls uh, franchise, a little Spurs franchise little Spurs dust on franchise. it. Yeah. Probably yeah. And he says, Spurs than Bulls. Probably. Yeah. Probably more Spurs. And then he says, you know what? I can take this team to a championship. Hey, Steph. Hey, Clay. Don't stop shooting no matter what. <laughs> patient, 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 patient. Which is hilarious because I believe I was watching the Knicks game against the Kings and they mentioned Paige Historiography. Well, I, I believe it. I believe it. Um, but I mean, just looking at the overall scheme of it, man, I mean, like I said, I don't think the black coaches are getting an opportunity to really succeed, except for the Tomlins. But that whole Tony Dungy tree of coaches was really really good when you when you really think about who was under him and how much success they had and their names are synonymous with success um and i'll just go down the list really quickly here sure talking about six head coaches right Mm -hmm. all of them were coordinators but herm edwards right you play to win the game you play to win the game you don't play to just rod marinelli i mean great defensive line coach i mean he was a head coach now he was a head coach for the lions in that 2006-2008 but i mean he didn't have the success but as a defensive line coach still to this day very very great coach lovey Mm -hmm. smith obviously stayed in chicago a little bit too long came to tampa I, i just don't think it worked no. Schematically, it was a lot of things going on, but Lovey, I think, is still the head coach at the University of Illinois, if I'm not mistaken. He is. Uh, I know I've mentioned Jim Caldwell, you know, uh, 26 and 22 record with Indianapolis, went to Detroit, and again, had another winning record. It, it just, just made sense. And then, you know, Mike Tomlin. Um, I, Mike Tomlin. I mean, what else? I mean, it's freaking Mike Tomlin. You know, he's been in Pittsburgh for over 10 years. You remember when he get, got hired, he was fiery. You know what I mean? And the defense has always been up to par, and I think they'll get back to that. Um, a lot of people forget about Leslie Frazier, who, who what he's who, done. Who is a candidate for a few of the head coaching gigs, not many. <laughs> See, I think 
he joined Minnesota. I don't know if he was ready just yet. I think now, um, you know, obviously in Minnesota, he became interim and then became full-time head coach. Now I think you, you look at his body of work and what he's been able to do. I think you go back to him. You know, you go back and say, hey, maybe Leslie can get a. And, an and he's right now um, still in consideration for the Dolphins head coaching job. That, and that's the only one because the other two were the Bears and the um, Giants. Right, which Leslie would have been good in those opportunities. Uh, the other coordinators, you got Mike Shula. Um, I guess that would be Junior. Um, he's a coordinator in 96 with Tampa. Clyde Christensen, who I don't think ever really got an opportunity to become a head coach, but really been really good. Joe Barry, who's, uh, who was a defensive coordinator uh, in Washington. Uh, the commanders, like I can't even say football team anymore. Nope. You know, I have to say commanders. I can't even say you know, the old skins. I have to go with commanders. We we, we may uh, need to put in a penalty of a a nickel yeah. for each time one of us say either the football team or the old skins. Old skins. Season. I can understand that. I don't want to pay any fines, so you know that. <laughs> uh, obviously, the current head coach of the Colts today, Frank Wright, was the office coordinator in uh, under Tony Dungy. Um, the list goes on. I mean, I think I'm sure there's some other, you know, smaller um, staff people, you know, QB coaches and whatnot that, that were under them, but they they didn't really mention anymore. But just looking at the black coaches that are on that list, they all are synonymous with success. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I'm saying. I think for them to just be invited to interviews just to fulfill a rule is unacceptable. Completely unacceptable. Um, but outside of that, Johnny, I think the only other news that I saw earlier today, and maybe we'll spend some time tomorrow, uh, unless something else crazy happens, talking about the WNBA. Uh, there's been some free agent signings. I think I just saw that they acquired $75 million. And um, I, I want to say it was, it just said money, I think. They, they, they acquired $75 million. I don't know if it was yeah, media money. It's, it's for like further development as far as where yeah. the money came from uh, i don't think they necessarily that. stated it completely although yeah. i'm having chris check real quickly chris. it's coming from <laughs> uh <laughs> you're gonna love this list oh oh so the funding comes from several sources nike okay. condoleezza rice lauren powell Jones, oh i see it Pal Gasol, Joe and Clara Sai, uh, Michael and Susan Dell, Swing Cash, and Baron Davis. Nice. Nice. That's awesome. So we'll have to talk about some of the – we'll talk about that a little bit more tomorrow, some of the signings. I know one one player got traded, and, you know, uh, I think because of the time – uh, the time difference, the time zone difference. I think she was in France. She woke up in the morning and found out that she was traded. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, we'll maybe jump into some of that tomorrow. And we also had a coaching contract milestone that hit as well to the WNBA. But we'll talk about that tomorrow. We can definitely talk about that tomorrow. But Johnny, <laughs> I know the people heard this podcast on their favorite podcast platform but if they didn't they can always go to our website at www.debateamongstfriends.com to review this episode as well as all the previous be sure to tune in manana as we go over the news the analysis and the reads